Welcome back to Boiler Up Down South. Uh, this is Garrett Shearman coming at you with Drew Schneider. What's up? He says, what's up? Uh, we are going to be talking a review of the Nebraska game from this past weekend. Uh, I feel like that's very appropriate given that Halloween is when this is going to be posted and it was kind of a scary game. Uh, so, yeah, uh, if you can't hear me correctly, it's because I'm wearing a Hannibal Lecter mask. Um, anyway, we're going to pay some bills and we'll come back right quick with uh, some of the things we did like about the Nebraska game. Welcome back. Garrett, here's one thing I liked about the Nebraska game. Go on. I'm oh, sorry. That was, oh, um, I see the joke there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, no, that was that was a joke. I mean, Kiannaman wrestled the ball away from somebody. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. You know what? I I, I was joking. I thought the defense was really good. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, still under 300 yards for Nebraska. It, it just extenuating circumstances. But overall, gross. That game was gross. That was actually. 100% of our sound effect budget, so I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, um, we, we don't have a Foley artist uh, <laughs> ready for us. but um, So, Garrett, the offense, I just... I wrote an article today, and then I just I have a hard time even evaluating Hudson Card and Graham Harrell at the moment. Um, it's just, there's just so little around them. Like, watching the game, and you want to say, God, Hudson Card was awful... But then you look at, like, what, like, six or seven, like, just key wide-open drops. And, I mean, they still need to have more talent surrounding him and more of, like, a big guy sideline threat to where I don't think this offense is even where Graham Harrell can make it to where he wants it to be, necessarily. Do you agree with that? Or yeah, no, I don't. So, I guess. With his of, philosophy, I guess. Um, Graham Harrell, whatever Graham Harrell bringing to, to brings to the table is not enough to overcome Purdue's deficits this year. I think that's pretty much a fair statement based on the, uh, you know, just outcomes of the game. Based upon the product that is yeah. placed upon. I don't necessarily know that that holds over to... You know, next year when the talent level improves, I, I, I think there may be a breakover point to where the ta the team is talented enough to do what Harrell wants them to do. I just don't think they have that, that enough talent right now. Um, well, yeah, and I think another thing for his style of offense is that if you look at Purdue's, like, three most productive receivers, they're all kind of like prototypical slot receivers. Like, Burks has gone above and beyond in terms of being a deep threat. That being said, I mean, with his build, he's, he, Yassine, and Sheffield are all kind of like having to be spread out when, you know, on most teams they would be playing the same role on different teams. Right. So, I mean, the talent's out there. The product on the field is bad, though. I mean, there's no getting around the fumbles, the interceptions. Although I will say that, um, really, cards, two interceptions look worse on paper than they do did in the actual game as far as consequences go. Um, but man, like, 
I don't think they're going to get rid of Harold. I don't think it'd be a mistake to. No. I, I think I think he's doing enough on the recruiting end of things alone to justify a second year. Well, yeah, I was about to say, and it's just one year, and um, it's under a first-year head coach with a whole new offensive overhauled staff. So I mean, like, it's kind of not conducive to going onward and upward if you just kick somebody out the door who's trying to implement his own offensive philosophy. Exactly. And I agree with that long term. I, I do understand um, uh, the Purdue, the section of Purdue fans that are just tired of watching this like dog vomit on their television uh, off the side of the ball. And um, so um, I feel y'all it's bad on the field. I, I think I think Harold gets another year, get some more of his players in. Um, and we'll get a better idea of what he can do. I just think it'd be silly to bring somebody else in, start the process over, um, start some uh, recruiting over, and even then, like we're starting off at a pretty low talent level. So um, I think that would be a tough job to sell to somebody, another offensive coordinator. Um, you could sell it, but I don't know if you could sell it to a big-name offensive coordinator after firing a dude with his little talent that Purdue has this year. So Yeah, and I mean, uh, it's, a, it's a tad more difficult with early signing day as opposed to before they had that um, to uh, fire a coordinator or somebody that high up on the, on the ladder um, when kids can sign uh, in the last two weeks of December now. Um, so I don't see that happening. Um, and again, I think it's like, you know, a whole new staff, you're going to have some growing pains, but if there aren't sizable improvements, uh, in year two, then I, I don't like the outcome for, for, uh, his Texas boys staff. Yeah, no, I think, I think they get another year as well, but like I said, I get the frustration. Um, I mean, and speaking of frustration, let's talk about the defense because I feel like the defense was good enough to uh, win that game on uh, Saturday. I feel like out of the four, you know, Nebraska offense, Nebraska defense, Purdue defense, Purdue offense, Purdue, the Purdue's defense was the best unit out of all those groups. So. I, think, I think that's fair. And I mean, you also have to look at the fact that we won, we won the turnover battle. Uh, like I had previously mentioned, the Fiennemann one was was pure effort football. Like that was that was pretty pretty gosh darn sick. I think the kids still say, um, but you know it, it's it's it should never be the onus of a defense to keep bailing out an offense, and that's that's a lot to ask uh, of of any team, um, especially one that's had like some injuries over the course of the year and just. The ball doesn't always bounce the right way, etc. Um, that sounds like more of an excuse, but you get what I'm getting at. But man, defense had to be just like on the verge of like murder. Uh, Dylan Thien, uh rips the ball out. Purdue takes over. It looks like they're about to turn this thing into a game, and then the offense just goes in reverse. And then of all the bag over the head, like, oh, the block field goal for the touchdown. Like, I, I can't imagine, like, Kaiser Jenkins and Nick Scorton just sitting on the sidelines watching that and going, what, what, 
No. Are you expletive deleted kidding me? Right? Like, how how have we given you everything you could possibly need? But, again, um, I think it's a good sign that that we're talking about how much better the defense is. Because I think if everybody remembers the beginning of the year, the defense was not great. But, I mean, they um, statistically, I was uh, looking at this today, I mean, they're one of the leaders in... um, Tackles for loss uh, in the nation. I think they're in the top 25 in tackles for loss. I think they're in the top uh, 25 in sacks. Had, had three against Nebraska, yeah. Yeah, three against Nebraska. Uh, Jenkins um, is in the top 15 in sacks and tackles for loss in the nation right now. Um, so, you know, I feel like Purdue's, uh, yeah, Purdue is, uh, Kyder Jenkins is 10th in the nation in sacks right now with seven total sacks. Which, uh, you know, that's pretty cool. Um, this defense is supposed to create pressure off the edge, and I feel like it's finally doing that. Doing, doing it pretty consistently. Uh, and also, you know, getting a lot of tackles for loss. Um, and I do like what the, most of the guys that are doing that should be back uh, next season, hopefully. Um, you know, you can never tell with the uh, transfer portal and whatnot. But I think Scorton is not even draft eligible. I think he's going to be a true junior next year. And then Kyder Jenkins is a senior this year, but I believe he has a COVID year. Um, and so those two guys off the edge, if they were to come back, that'd be a pretty good anchor. And you've got, like, you know, Colbert Bard, nose guard. Um, who's been playing well. Uh, Yanni had another big game. Yeah, we love us some uh, Karloftis over here. So that's right up the middle, uh, you know, middle linebacker. And then, of course, the Inman in the back end there. I really like that combo for a long time of kind of covering over the middle. Yeah, I think that's, that's going to pay dividends long term for Purdue. And also, you know... Kane could be back next year. I think he's another guy that could take his COVID year. I I wouldn't. I don't see why he wouldn't, unless he's just ready to go get on with it. Um, that would you know be a pretty big help. He, I think he's really found his role as sort of that in the box sort of safety hybrid linebacker um, in the run game. I feel like he's been doing a really good job of that recently. Um, and so you know, um, also. I feel like the secondary, yes, they still give up some big plays. Um, there, there were a couple times where they just got lost in coverage. Um, there's an occasional lack of, of detail, of attention to detail. But I, I like Marquevious Brown. I like, I like him as. I don't know if I like him as a number one corner, as your your like main lockdown corner. But I, I think I lock, like him as like a number two corner. Uh, and he has, I think, two more years left. Yeah, I was about to say, I think he's a guy who can grow, too, given his eligibility. Yeah, so, you know, I think I think we're, we look good at one of the corner spots. You know, hopefully at least one of the safety spots. And then they've got a couple four-star safeties on the hook in this recruiting class. So, I mean, the defense, I do feel like, has, has beginning to play up to its potential. Um, yes, there's still problems. Obviously, the secondary is an issue. Um, I feel like they've fixed it somewhat. But hey, Nebraska's quarterback was one of the top quarterback rushers in the nation, um, and they shut him down. Um, I think he just had one real kind of back-breaking run on third down, down by the goal line. 
But um, for the most part, this Purdue defense uh, shut down this running quarterback who wanted to get out on the edge. And um, I think that does show a good bit of progress from beginning of the year where we were just getting gutted by any quarterback who could run at all. I, I agree because we were talking this week um, and uh, even you know Ryan Walters had mentioned it in his press conference that uh, you know that's a guy that our defense has struggled with or a type of guy rather that our defense has struggled with um, uh, early on in the season and we feel like we're getting better at it and they showed they showed that they are so um, I really like how and I certainly hope Ryan Walters isn't calling defensive plays for an extended period of time like multiple seasons uh, but um, I, I do like kind of how the defense has come into come into its own since he started kind of having the whole thing under his thumb I guess uh, yeah no I agree I feel like I feel like since he's really uh, taking the sticks back uh, and uh, made the, making the defensive calls um, and he settled some things down I don't see I think I think Kane was struggling to decide when to be aggressive and when to when to hold back, and I feel like Walters has a little bit of a better feel for that for this defense right now. Um, where I feel like when Purdue, I feel like he gets taxed at the right times um, for the most part. Where I think Kane was a little too predictable and where he was sending pressure and then when he was sending it. So um, I, I think also Walters does a pretty good job with the run fits, does a little more with the run blitz game. So, um, you know, moving forward, I, again, that's, that's good. I think he's definitely got some things to sell. Um, that defensive uh, recruiting class is looking solid. Um, and I think Purdue's going to be able to hold on to most of the recruiting class. There may be a few defections, um, you know. That just one, happens. Those sort of last-minute, like, oh, hey, Michigan called and – they somebody decommitted from them, so now I'm going to Michigan or whatever. But um, I think for the most part, Ryan Walters was no, in no way selling the performance of this team in his recruiting pitch. Yeah, no, I think it's always uh, for Walters at least. It's like, hey, we're building something, right? Building uh, uh, playing time availability. Um, you know, you get to come in and play in a really fun defense. Um, the offense obviously does not look fun right now, but in theory could be fun. Um, if, uh, but right now it is only fun if you are really into some sick stuff. Yeah, no, you got to have a uh, everything but a death wish. Yeah, uh, if you find that fun. Yeah. But um, anyways, um, I think, again, defense good, offense bad, special teams, ooh. Yeah, and I was excited because we had Freehill back, and then you know the blocked kick. The blocked kick, yeah. and things you know things fall apart um, when it rains it pours, and yeah. apparently it did not actually rain or pour like we thought it might have actually done in Nebraska. But but it was really cold. And it was funny, Garrett. So I also was covering the uh, Kansas State uh, Houston game, and you know Houston and Purdue run kind of similar offenses. Both of them were terrible in the freezing cold. Um, yeah, we you, watched a bit of that Houston game. Yeah, Houston they, they had looked, a lot of problem catching the ball as well. And I felt like that was Purdue's issue is cold. 
And they just could not catch that cold football. Hard it's football. really hard to catch a frozen football. Yeah, and um, they just could not do it. Garrett Miller had a couple drops. Um, and, but so, you know, it is what it is. I just got to get that stuff cleaned up. Um, Michigan <laughs> is coming up. Um, yeah, I can't wait to talk about that one on, on Friday. Here's a sneak preview. Uh, um, it's a night game at the big house, by the way. Ooh. Oh, that's a wine and cheese crowd anyway. Um, <laughs> you can always tell a Michigan man. That's right. and But he's got your signals. Um, so, yeah. Uh, hopefully, you know, Purdue's changed up their signals some, though. And so Michigan won't be able to steal them. Counterpoint. Yeah. Michigan thinks we're going to do the opposite. Mm, but because we do. apparently our signals haven't been working very well. Mm. And then we use the regular signals. Ooh. The old double-double cross. Yeah, it's like a double agent, but from within. So I guess, is that a triple agent? I don't know. I wasn't good at math. That's why I went to Georgia instead of Georgia Tech. But Could you imagine paying somebody to try to decipher Purdue's offensive signals this year? Like, I mean, they barely pay us to try. I know. Like, I look at, I feel, it, it, wow. I mean, that had to been, like, a real slow day of, like, okay, this is the inside run for negative one yards call that they love so much. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if y'all had this issue as well, but because the uh, Kansas versus Oklahoma game had the weather delay and it was on the same channel um, as Purdue-Nebraska, a lot of us didn't get to see Purdue-Nebraska until it was already 14 nothing. Mm-hmm. And some people were complaining about that, but if you were keeping up with the score on uh, your favorite search engine, uh, that's up to you, uh, whatever your favorite search engine is, you know you didn't miss very much. Oh, man. Anyways, Garrett, I think we should just put a fork in this whole Nebraska debacle and move on to the next debacle. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I think, like I said, Michigan, uh, not looking great. Um, but, hey, we persevere and we'll continue on. And, you know, at least our coach isn't yelling at people on his call-in show. Shout out Dabo Sweeney. Um, also, uh, friend of the show, Connor Stallions, uh, you are welcome to join us at any time to tell us things about Purdue offense that we might not know. And, uh, so, thanks, Connor. And I, and I, you know, I expect my check from what I've been doing for you at the Georgia games. Hey, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but no, honestly, I think, uh, I think this, uh, is going to be an interesting sort of case of like how does Michigan's team respond to all this weird sh- stuff going on censored myself weird stuff going on off the field who knows Purdue could play spoiler who knows who knows who knows you know and but the thing is I think Michigan's kind of immune from uh, I know we're going ahead of ourselves here but Michigan's kind of immune because they've been in some sort of like scandal for the last like two years wasn't there some sort of like hamburger gate and then there was like some other stupid thing Jim Harbaugh he's a dork man like every every major team that has playoff chances cheats you just you gotta cheat better cheat you better. gotta cheat more discreetly cheat better come on man don't be buying your recruits hamburgers cheat better black ops 
Black Ops didn't work this goddamn Christ. Anyways, we'll All see right, y'all. Everybody. We'll see Thank y'all. You. It's late. We'll see y'all. Uh, it's Friday. Talk yeah. about the Michigan Wolverines. Y'all come back now, here. Later.